0: Hi everybody welcome back to zap girl and the podcast this is episode four and my name is Carrie Romero I'm your host and this is the podcast about all things life-living life-saving and life-giving and I am super excited to be able to bring you this episode today for two reasons the first one today is my 10 year anniversary of my last shock by my ICD and I'm just gonna try to keep it together a little bit Ooh. Um, it's a big deal not to be on any medicine whatsoever and to have survived sudden cardiac arrest 10 years ago on this day, July 9th, 2019. That's pretty epic. So, the second reason why I'm so excited to share this episode with you today is because of my next guest. He is in studio with me today. He is here to share his perspective on what it's like to be a care partner and live with someone who has an implanted medical device and who's had to overcome a lot. His name is Gus Romero. It's my husband. And I'm so thrilled to be able to bring you our conversation that we had just sharing a little bit about what it's like to live well with Zap Girl. Enjoy. Zap Girl, I felt a I would like to welcome Gus Romero to Zap Girl in the podcast. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. You are a very busy person, um, but you're my most favorite person on the planet. And I'm just thrilled that you will uh, share with our listeners today um, a little bit about being uh, a care partner and what that means to you. And so um, I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> with this. Uh, I don't know why, because we talk all the time, and right now we're actually holding hands, which I love. Um, so <laughs> first question, uh, it's officially 10 years since I have received my last shock. It's crazy to me to think that it's been 10 years, but I am forever grateful that I have this device in my chest. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what that experience was like, because we were together. It was on the little country road that we lived on at the time, and I had one of the dogs with me, I think maybe both of them, and we were on a walk slash run with our little Cason, who was then not even a year old, and you had him in the stroller, so I had run ahead. And said, I'm going to just sprint to the finish line. In my mind, let me just give you a picture. In my mind, I was running like Usain Bolt. I was running, I'm in the Olympics in my mind. So I take off in a sprint with the dogs, get to the driveway, the next driveway, which is our neighbor. And I stop. And without warning, I instantly got shocked. And I screamed out loud, grabbed my chest. And I remember falling to the ground. And so from my perspective, it was um, a pretty um, overwhelming situation because here I was trying to sprint. Here I am trying to run and be active and I get shocked. And so you're down the street a little bit. Can you tell me what you saw?
1: Yeah. So I was pushing uh, Kason in the stroller. You had Run ahead. According to you in a sprint, but it's more <laughs> of a job. And I'm uh, sure I was so fast. And I heard a scream and I look up and I saw you grab your chest. Now, for me, my initial thought was not your device. My initial thought was, Oh, a beasting? <laughs> but then it clicked. Mm-hmm. Oh, her device. Mm-hmm just fired. So uh, watching that um, ran up to you. um, And I remember you just trying to calm yourself down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, do you need me to call an ambulance? Uh, What do you need me to do? And you were just like, give me a minute. Hmm. Give me a minute. And I'm like, okay, that's what we have to do. We have to calm her down. We have to make sure that another shock doesn't happen. And if I remember correctly, it was only one shock that time. Yeah. Yeah. And Thankfully. Then once you felt like everything was okay, uh, I remember we're like, Well, I'm gonna I need to call an ambulance. You're like, no, no. Um, we're good. And you got up, dusted yourself off, and then we slowly walk back home and I was like, wow, <laughs> what a strong person you are, you know, in that situation. I don't know, you know, number one, um, that's, we, we're pretty, uh, it's, it's a pretty unique situation with you because the way you live your life is not totally focused on your device and the way that you Explain it in the way that you kind of allow me to, to understand it is that if it does fire, then I'm better off because it's saving my life. And having that kind of a yeah. knowledge to say it's it's a good thing, mm-hmm. even though it's hard to watch. Yeah. You know, because there's nothing I can do. Right. So um, it makes it a little bit easier, if that makes sense. hmm um, to know that it's doing its job. Yes. And then secondly, for you to get up, walk back to the house and you're asking me if I'm okay. And I'm just like, what, wait, (laughs) wait a second. You know, that just happened to you, not to me. So, you know, um, but that's just how you are, you know, you're just, oh, I got another shock. You know, are you okay? And I'm like, wow, (laughs) um, that's not how it's supposed to be, but yeah, but I sure love you for that.
0: <laughs> I love you too. It was a crazy, um, crazy thing because it was literally I was I was in, getting ready to go into sudden cardiac arrest, right. and the way my device works is that it uh, it monitors my heart rate nonstop. But if it gets above a, a certain heart rate, if it maintains that irregular beat for 10 seconds or that heart rate, then it will deliver a shock therapy if needed. So knowing that I got that shock, yeah, surviving sudden cardiac arrest right there in front of you, in front in front of Kacen. And, man, it's crazy to think that it's been 10 years.
1: Yeah, and what's really scary about that is had you not had your device, there were no AEDs around. Mm-hmm. You know, and we did live on a, a country road with wow. uh, limited traffic. You know, there were houses around. And, um, but still, I'm just so, so grateful that that device, um, that you have it and that it, yeah. it does its job.
0: Yes, me too. It's, and that's a really great point that you bring up, the fact that AEDs need to be um, where the people are. And especially in rural environments um, where there's um, the statistics that says the um, response time for rural areas is about 14 minutes for EMS. And it's 8 to 10 in a more metropolitan city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just going to reiterate the statistic there that talks about for every minute of uh, a person being in sudden cardiac arrest... And uh, without defibrillation, then their chances of survival go down 10%. So yeah, I'm glad I have my device too. I wanted to talk to you next about what it's like to live with a person, namely me, um, who has an ICD and has something that is, um, let's see, what is the word? What am
1: I trying to say? Some extra?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A person, live with a person who has extra stuff. Um, so what is it like to be a care partner to me? Um, well, like, what are the things that you think about on a daily basis? I, you mentioned earlier that I live my life without, uh, it's not device centered. My life is definitely not device centered. But And that's me, and I I sometimes forget that I have it unless I put my hand on my chest.
1: Yeah. No, I think, again, um, you're right. I I don't really have to think about about it too often. Uh, There's times, um, obviously, where it's a focus. I mean, obviously, if you have to get a device change. Mm. And we've gone through that. And we've gone through that. When you um, were pregnant with both of our boys, I mean, obviously, that's... Something we consider or we, mm-hmm. we definitely are concerned about, but uh th- really, through the day, I don't really ever consider myself a care partner to you outside of just what being uh in love or being in a marriage is um you know i I understand, and i on honestly you you inspire me every day <laughs> you know you you still take care of me, you take care of our boys. <laughs> You take care of our dogs. You take care of everything. And then, you know, you also want to make sure uh, the world knows about how important um, AEDs are in CPR. And, yeah, I mean, it's just inspiring. And most of the time I'm trying to keep up with you more than caring for you. So.
0: <laughs> That's so sweet. I want to talk about the device changeouts. Mm-hmm. So we've been through two of those. So in August of 2010, we had um, let's see, we were fresh parents of child number two. We had uh, Treven in June of 2010, and I have to share the story because it's it's it, to me it's funny. I don't know. So Gus, you were at work, and I was in the baby's room, and I started hearing a beeping sound and we had just moved the wi-fi i think we had put a new router in the house and we had or something where it was relocated that's what it was it was relocated in the family room which was on the other side of the wall from the baby's room and i'm in there and i hear this beeping and then it went on for about 20 seconds and it stopped so i didn't think anything of it i thought again it was the router maybe it's making a weird noise So the second day that this happened, I was in the laundry room, and I hear it again. I didn't take note of the fact that it was happening at the same time as the day before. And I thought, man, why is that noise following me? About five seconds before it stopped, I said, I think that it's coming from me. But then it stopped, so I I couldn't figure it out. The next day, this is day three now, I'm in the living room. With the boys And it starts happening again And when it started happening I ran outside Because I thought, well maybe it's just some th- something in the house And if I ran outside Then it's definitely me And I ran outside And it was definitely me <laughs> So I remember calling you and saying um, I'm beeping And actually I think I told you about it before I, Maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah yep. And, but yeah, confirming that it was indeed coming from me. So I called my nurse and she, I said, so Dawn, if there's a a patient that has a beeping sound coming from their device, what should they do? And she said, well, it just depends on what the signal sounds like. If it's a long tone, that means there's a magnet close by and it's saying, it's basically giving you a warning to say, back up or take that magnet away from you because a magnet will shut the device off for those of you who didn't know. Then she said, well, it could also be that the device is at the end of life. What did it sound like? And I said, well, it sounded a little bit like British police siren. And she said, oh, that means that the device is at the end of life. And she said, well, who's the patient? And I said, um, that's me. And she said, oh, Carrie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because we had just had Trevin two months prior. Mm -hmm. And I was nursing him. And she said, well, you know, you can wait a couple months, you should be okay. And I am not one to wait with my devices, anything, anytime that they've ever needed to be replaced, I want it done immediately so I can get back to life. So she checked with the doctor's schedule and got me on and I think I was in his office less than a week later. So that was the first change out. And I relied on you a lot because the babies were so l- young. You know, Kason was um, not even two years old yet, and Trevin being just a little tiny guy. And so that, I think that one was scary for me. How was, what was it for you seeing that for the first time, having me go through this change-out procedure?
1: You know, surprisingly, I wasn't, it was, not as scary as I thought it would be just because of not only you, the way, again, the way that you handle it going into it, it's like, ah, nothing new. But I think also with the way that, uh, the doctors and the nurses and everybody just really kind of give you that, they give you that support, Mm. you know? Um,
0: Shout out to Dr. Walter Clare from Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. Heart and Vascular Institute. He is a rock star.
1: He's great. And, um, yeah, I mean, so it was it was just kind of uh, what had to be done. Yeah. Did
0: you at any point think that it was going to be like seeing your wife go into surgery? I mean, you've never had surgery. No. And so I don't know. I, I would be a mess, I'm sure, watching you go into surgery because there's always a risk. So what were your thoughts and feelings with that? Did you have any?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, obviously, knowing that you're um, kind of a veteran, hmm. you know, you you actually prepared me a lot for it, too. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't remember that. But yeah, everything was
0: fine. We also had a, another changeout happen, and that was... So that device lasted just over six years. And this time, when the siren went off the first time in December of 2016... I remember I was making you coffee, actually, and, and it started going off, and I flew, I ran across the house and flew into the bedroom and to let you listen, and it had just shut off right as soon as I ran in, and I said, my device went off. So we prepared for that one. I actually documented that, and I'm going to be putting a couple of videos up with the show notes, just so you guys can hear and see what it kind of sounds like, and it's crazy to hear yourself making sounds <laughs> that aren't normal to to hear yourself beep and to hear you an alarm coming from your body it's um It's a little bit surreal
1: yeah, but if if you compare that to actual um, electricity or, or 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 being shocked, mm. it's pretty yeah pretty mild right.
0: Yes, yeah. And I would not wish a shock on my worst enemy, actually. It's a pretty for me personally, everybody's feelings are different, but it's a pretty horrific feeling. I liken it to being um, if you put your whole hand in an electrical socket um, and concentrate that area right in the upper left, just but bef- just below my left shoulder. Um, in what, my chest.
1: What I found kind of really crazy to know is that they actually shock you once the new device is put in to test it. Yeah. While you're under. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, I don't feel that. You don't feel it. And and just to show how tough you are on that second device change, I think you were working out a week later after. it. Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah. So I mean, for you, surgery's sort of like, eh, <laughs>
0: they are getting easier as um, as I get older, and the technology uh, improves. The device is smaller. I think the even the ways that you know the, just the techniques are getting improved um, to help patients heal quicker.
1: Yeah, and, and you know we always joke about how you just want to put a zipper. I do. <laughs> right there, and they can just be easier.
0: I know. What I really wish is that I could actually save somebody with my device. Oh yeah. That, if anybody's listening to this, that's in the uh, medical arena that has the powers to make this happen, that would just be amazing. Zap
1: girl. Yeah. For real.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That it could empower anybody that has an AED, not an AED, but an ICD in their chest. I wouldn't have to wait. I could just put my hand right over that person's chest. Mm -hmm. and, And thankfully, I have the AED. We have one here at the house. And- I don't have to worry about that right. with you right. or the kids. But anyway, yeah, the The second change out was I think we were in at 6 a.m. at Vanderbilt and we were out of there by 1130. Oh, yeah. And I think it was we went so and, fast.
1: We went and had lunch at PF Chang's. We or something did. Afterwards. <laughs> we like, did. I'm I like, was... are you sure? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chicken lettuce wraps. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Let's go. Yeah, I was still a little bit sedated and I remember having iodine in my hair from the surgery. And so what I wanted to do afterwards was go across the street to the um, the salon so I could get my hair washed and dried because I wouldn't be able to do that for a few days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So with that, this, you know, knowing that the second surgery was coming, it sounds like you were just like, "She's going to be fine," and and um, or what were your thoughts on the second surgery?
1: Again, I mean, I just kind of, I really react kind of how how you, I would I would really kind of follow you and see how you you were, how was your anxiety, how was your, hmm. you know, and um, like I said, you're just really tough, and you're you inspire me, you, you know. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, you know, I don't feel tough. Well, <laughs> it's all, it's all relative. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm of course there's always that, that concern, obviously. Sure.
0: Yeah. What advice do you have to other people out there who are living with a person or who know a person or take care of a person that has an implanted medical device whether it is a an insulin pump whether it's an ICD whether it's um a neurostimulator yeah. do you have any advice for someone that is is living with
1: a person that or taking care of a person empower them that? empower mm-hmm. them in in everything they do lift them up you know I, I i actually you do that for me all the time you know so yeah, empower them, um, what, whatever it is, you know, um, let them know they can do it. Let them know that you're there for them, even though, even though there's really nothing I can do if you get a shock, right, other than right. just be there. Yeah. That's all I can do, you know. And, and at first that was a little hard to get used to because, you know. You oh, yeah. You, I
0: remember when we, before we met, I remember being afraid to tell you. That I had an ICD mm-hmm. in fear of what you would say mm-hmm. and and a fear of being
1: broken, kind of. Yeah, I remember that. And you're like, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, oh, what? What's great? What's this? What's this? And uh, you're, you said, well, I have an ICD and my heart is, um, I can't remember the words you used, but. I have a regular heartbeat. Heart, I have and a heart condition. I'm on medication. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? Is that all? Oh, okay. Phew. Well, we can can definitely deal with that. Yeah. That was was a big game
0: changer for me when you said that. You know? And with you empowering me, that's why I'm
1: so strong. I disagree, but thank you.
0: (laughs) It's true. Okay. It's true. Because the confidence that I have, I feel some days, uh, invincible and because of how you empower me. Uh, Um, and
1: to add to that, some days I got to say, remember, yeah, take it easy. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but for the most part, yeah, you are, uh, just full of life and, you know, ready to go (laughs) extra.
0: I am all the extra. (laughs) That's
1: right. Oh man. Thanks for taking the time to do this. No, thank you for allowing me to come into your podcast world. It's my first podcast.
0: Oh, yay. <laughs> well, but don't tell anybody, that. but it's my first podcast. Yeah, yeah, I did knew that. So, as you know, I like to ask my guests, all you are now guest number two. <laughs> I like to, I want to ask guests this question, actually, two questions. So, the first one being if you could have. A superpower for one day, what would it be? Just and me. I also need, sorry to interrupt, but I also need to find out if you have a superhero nickname.
1: So that's kind of two questions. Yeah, you can call me Super G. <laughs> um, second part of that, what superpower would I like?
0: What superpower? If you could have a superpower for one day, what would it be? For one day.
1: Mm hmm. I would like to create other superheroes. I'd like to have the power to create other superheroes. It would be empowering others. Yes. Yeah.
0: And you're very good at that.
1: I enjoy that. I can see
0: you doing that. Yeah. And the second question is, if you could go back in time and give your younger self advice, what would you say?
1: I would say go find Carrie Hartman <laughs> now.
0: Aww. You would?
1: Yeah, and marry her.
0: Aww. <laughs> there you have it. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I love you. Love you. I don't know about you, but I thought it was a fun conversation. I really hope you enjoyed it. It was such a pleasure to have Gus in the studio today with me, my best friend. He's my encourager and my coach, and I'm so grateful that we were able to share a little bit about what it's like to live with someone who has an implanted medical device and the real struggles that we have gone through, and I hope it brings um, hope and encouragement to your daily life, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. And if you like this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could rate and review it on your whatever your favorite podcast app is, wherever you've heard this today. Or if you've heard it online on my website, just send me a message. I would love to hear from you. That website is IamZapGirl.com. And on there, you'll find connections to me with all my social media channels. So send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Till next time.